Blog Talk Radio. Girl Nadine is back. Want to say and salute Fisticuffs, who was my guest last week, Brian Warfield, one half of Fisticuffs, who is responsible for the sound for Janae Iko and Miguel. They're doing their thing, four time Grammy Award winning production team, and also filmmaker Corey Pearson, whose film, The Thin Black Line, about police brutality, is also out right now. Shout out to Corey Pearson. Today's guest, though, is is definitely my honor to have him on the show. He is so many things, but first and foremost, he's a journalist, radio host, DJ, producer, speaker, lecturer. But one of the things I know him for, for certain, is that he is a warrior and soldier for this hip-hop culture in New York City. My guest today is Manny Faces. Say what's up, Manny. Hey, what's going on, A.D.? Thanks for having me here. Really a pleasure. Definitely. I'm excited to have you on the show. You, you're a journalist, you're founder, and um, EIC of First Place Magazine, which is online entertainment and lifestyle magazine. Uh, it definitely focuses on the culture and music here in, in New York City, but you're also a host of the New York Hip Hop Report, which is a real, weekly radio talk show. And... Um, you're on the Bonfire Radio Show. There's the Manny Faces Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, indeed. But there's so many different um, media outlets that you're a part of. But, you know, I want to start with, where are you from? Uh, I'm actually, I'm a Long Island. I'm a Long Island boy. So I'm, I'm, I'm in, I've been in the shadow of New York City for a long time. But uh, <laughs> So I'm pretty much raised on Long Island. I, I lived in East Orange, New Jersey, until I was about four. So I don't really claim it, but... Uh, yeah. West Bay, Long, <laughs> Long Island is my hometown, and I've been on Long Island ever since. Yeah, well, Long Island is sponsored some good hip hop. You know, you got That's it, man. TV and De La Soul, please. Long Island, oh, it was doing it up, you know, so you definitely grew up in a good place. But yes, um, <laughs> journalism is uh, now definitely where you started, but I, I want to know, like, what made you hone in and focus? on hip-hop because you really are deep into the culture yeah i mean it started you know journalism came kind of late in life i was always a you know hip-hop head from you know early days you know you know early teenage years you know just as you know it was coming up and well not coming up but it was really you know blowing up you know 80s and 90s and um you know, I was I was into the music as a as a listener. I was into the music early as a DJ. I started DJing when I was about fifteen about fifteen years old, 
and you know kind of getting into that and I eventually got into beat making and trying to uh, produce and, and so I was always on I wasn't like a you know a b-boy or, or and I didn't write anything like so I wasn't touching all elements um, but I was definitely you know a rapper I was definitely a producer I started making demo tapes we had a little home studio I started making demo tapes for local cats and so I'd always been in the music side of things and um well, and you know really deep into it and you know some brushes with you know signing and some guys that I produced for got signed to Loud Records right before Loud Records fell apart so you know brushes with fame but I didn't really kind of crack it um so I kept working I was you know just wearing kids you know I had to work and I got into the journalism field uh in that regard and I started working for a, a weekly alternative newspaper out on Long Island for many many years I was production manager I did some writing for them and so I got my taste of journalism through that. As I got older and such, that's when I kind of looked for ways to merge the two, to marry them. You know, my love for hip hop music and culture, my knowledge and experience in journalism, and the idea that some stories weren't being told that needed to be told. And that was kind of how uh, everything started. Definitely. Definitely, because... Um I mean, when you, in the era that we, we grow up, I, I can say we, um, yeah. and, you know, we saw how hip-hop definitely just started and became mm -hmm. so big. Why do you think, as, as hip-hop, you know, lovers and, and representatives of the culture, why do you think we are so passionate about how hip-hop is evolving, how it's so many different conversations about hip-hop and we take it so personal when when people kind of discuss it in the wrong way right right definitely do i think you know part of it was that part of it was coming up when it was you know uh not so common you know it wasn't all out you know i tell people all the time i say you know i'm always an advocate for you know independent hip-hop and people who are doing things because sometimes people will get frustrated now and say oh you know, i'm not comfortable i'm not happy with today's hip-hop today's artist and i'm like listen there's a lot of people doing it on the independent vibe you know you got to kind of look for it don't forget we used to have to rush to the radio at 10 right. o'clock on like a friday and saturday night because hip-hop was only on the air from like 10 to 2 you know on exactly. friday night so we had to put in like that work. We had to, we were excited about it. When when Red Alert or or, uh, or Molly Mall came on Friday Saturday nights, like we were excited to hear what they were going to drop. You know, we hadn't heard rap except for the cassettes we made during the week. You know, so to us, and this, you know, nostalgia is a heavy drug. You know what I mean? To us, we look back and remember it with fondness, and remember it because those were our formative years and. Yeah. We enjoyed it. We enjoyed seeing our first rap concert or, you know, you know, there weren't so many people doing it and the people who were doing it were really innovative. So everything we heard or saw with rap was brand new. Yeah. You know. And it was exciting. It was just yeah, exactly. feeling. Right. And even so, before that, remember, of course you remember, you know, even before Red Alert and, and Marley Mall, there was just the magic. It seems to be, and I was young, like only one, like that's my introduction to hip hop when I was younger. Like, I would yeah. race down to the kitchen, nobody was up, I'd be listening, and I'd be like, my God, this is so fascinating, this is wonderful. I'd go to school the next day and talk to my friends, like, oh, did you listen to Mr. Magic? Oh, right. man, he plays this right. joint. And it seems right. to me, too, 
every single thing that came out in hip hop was just hot. Is, right. Was it that way to you too? <laughs> yeah, well, I think so. But like I said, there wasn't as many people doing it, and I think the people who were doing it were fairly innovative. But I also caution against, like I said, nostalgia is a very heavy drug. And, you know, this happens across, I read some studies where, you know, if you ask people what's their, you know, favorite era of music, it's always going to be the era they grew up in. It's always going to be, they're not going to remember the crappy songs or the, you know, or the corny stuff. They're going to remember right. the stuff that stood the test of time. So I'm sure there was some stuff we kind of, you know, scratched our face up yeah. and like, this is whack. You know what I mean? This is trash. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was there too. Like that, people think it's only today. No, we were, you know, because there were people trying to probably uh, come in off of vibes of other that other people had started and you're like, oh, remember, you know, you can't bite in hip hop. So we probably right. dismissed a lot of people for sounding too similar to somebody else and that way the you know, those those originators stood the test of time. So I'm sure there was some, some stuff that we, you know, summarily dismissed as a as a listening audience. But that's the thing. Like back then th that was it. You were you either got you made the cut or you didn't and the people decided. It wasn't all about the corporations shoving right. it down your throat and then you know and forcing it exactly so it was back then it was the people really were the arbitrators right you know yeah. and it was an amazing time but um yeah. even up till now like with all the media outlets that you have focusing on hip-hop it shows how the culture is still deep and still rich and there's still people that are putting music and putting a lot of creative effort and coming out with hot music and it's it's like like when I first came here uh, and started living in the city which was like 99 right I saw that there was this huge underground culture that not necessarily was getting any kind of media play or any right. kind of mentions but these people were going hard as if they were being mentioned and, and you know, they had videos out and they did they had actual videos out. Like right. like they had a budget, but these people had no budget, right? <laughs> and it was and it was like this whole movement that people to me weren't even noticing, which is what mm. got me into even, you know, talking about the culture and, and being an advocate for it. Did you right. see that as well? And and that's of course why you started Birthplace magazine. Yeah, pretty much it. I mean, you know, I, like I said, I was getting into the journalism vibe and I might have done like probably a couple of show reviews or something just written for the local paper. And I'm like, you know, you know, as a follower of hip hop, as a fan of it. And, you know, at that point, you're kind of mainstreamed out, you know, you, and then you see that New York's not really making a mark anymore. You, you, you know, the South was starting to run things and they kept saying right. New York hip hop is dead. And, and, you know, we as New Yorkers were like... <laughs> New York hip hop will never die. Da, da, da. But then I had exactly. to stop and think. And I had to stop and think for a minute. I'm like, wait a minute. You know, we aren't being represented that well in the mainstream anymore. Uh, all the media outlets are starting to a turn crappy, but you know, b focus elsewhere. Houston was popping. You know, and I'm right. like, well, what's really going on out here? And I'm like, I know some people that are doing hip hop in New York City. They're pretty dope, you know. But I'm not really in it, like you know, in the whole underground indie movement. So I literally started poking my head out. I started going out and finding, you know, who's doing what. And I found just like you did, my, you know, what you had found out and what my suspicions were is that there really was a lot of people doing great things. A lot of people doing not so great things, but there were a lot of people right. doing great things and they weren't getting the coverage because again, the media on top 
had gone elsewhere and they're focusing on different areas of the country, which is fine. Again, I'm pro-New York. A lot of people say, a lot of people are pro-New York. They feel they have to be anti-everywhere else. Right. I'm, you know, I try not to be like that. I try to say, listen, the South had a good run. It was for a reason. There's some classics and legends that came out of the South during that time. Absolutely. And there was some stuff that we got squashed because, you know, we weren't getting that media attention. So, absolutely. I said, there's really nobody at the time, small outlets here and there, small people who are, you know, uh, not small people, but, you know, small outlets, bloggers and such, who were touching upon some of the things that were going on out here. And I said, well, let's just make this the focus. There was a, I, I, it's not a totally original idea. There's a, a magazine out in Orlando that started in Orlando, Florida called Ozone, uh, run oh, by yeah. Julia Beverly. And she started that magazine some, at some point when Florida wasn't getting the attention. And, you know, I had I'd been getting that as a DJ. I was getting, like, the, you know, that mailed to me. And I said, you know, so I kind of said, well, you know what? Wow, New York's kind of now in the same boat that we're not getting the radio attention. We're not getting the media attention, the magazines. Everyone's focused somewhere else. Somebody's got to step up and do that for here. And, you know, I almost started as a print magazine. It was right when print was starting to really be, you know, the death of print, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I was... I was <laughs> And I was gaining experience in the new media side of things, again, working for the newspaper, building websites, building news websites, which I do for a living. Um, right. And so I had that great. knowledge. I said, let's, 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 you know, let's start it online. Let's do it online. And let's just really, you know, kind of focus on New York and show. And one of my first columns was, you know, five reasons why New York hip hop doesn't suck. And I, <laughs> and I would just highlight, you know, some things, some people that I found doing things, you know. So that's how it started. You know, there was a voice. Yeah, it definitely was a voice. What got my attention to you was the fact that you put Hot 97 on blast. And you let them know, right? Hey, you're not even representing New York hip-hop at all. And how dare you say you're the home of hip-hop. Because right. not what you are anymore. You know what I mean? Right. And you even had a petition. You, you, you took several steps. I want you to talk about that. I want you to tell them, like, what happened and what, you know, evolved from that whole situation. Yeah, I got, I mean, you know, as I started doing the radio show, you know, a couple of years ago, it was a little bit of a, you know, we do it like sports talk radio style. We talk about issues and people call up and give their two cents. And so I started becoming a little bit more, you know, outspoken. You know, the articles were the articles. I kept them professional and journalistic, but I got to talk my ish on the radio show. And we started, like, kind of criticizing some things that the radio stations, you know, were doing, particularly Hot 97. Right. Because of their legacy, because of, you know, their claim to represent, you know, to be the home of hip-hop, you know. And we've seen them go through changes over the years because of radio corporate, you know, the way of the radio world, the consolidation. And it, it just, it started to lose its, um, its focus on community. You know, it started national playlists and, you know, right. and they, then they had personalities. But, but, you know, and back in the days, again, we remember when Home Jams used to be a show on, on Hot 97, where they literally had a show yeah. every week. I was just going to say to you, like, <laughs> let them know how Hot 97 actually really started. Like, yeah, I mean, it I, was my, just a they, segment. They used to play my joint on Home Jams. Like, I was on Home Jams, you know what I mean? Um, and they would do some stuff that was very, you know, community-based. And, and they would talk about hip-hop. I think... Um, I think they had a little bit more reverence for, you know, the, the, the legacy of hip-hop in New York. And over right. the years, that changed. Now, at the same time, that's happening everywhere because, A, hip-hop is starting to equal rap to a lot of people, you know, and it's becoming less and less 
apparent that hip-hop is more than just rap and then more than just rap on the radio. But there's still a lot of other kinds of rap. There's also other cultural aspects of hip-hop that are still alive and well. You know, graffiti didn't die, you know, in the 70s. You know, B-Boyan didn't die, you know, in the 80s. You know what I mean? Like, these things are still very strong. And, and then there's hip-hop education. There's just different aspects of all that. So I'm watching these two things happen. I'm watching the radio station. And again, Power 105 to some degree, but Hot 97 because of, you know, again, their tagline and, and their their legacy. They, they, they really do have a legacy. And I'm watching, uh, you know, folks like Ebro get on the air and dismiss New York rap for not being ma major leagues. You know, that whole brouhaha that, you know, came up where he says, you know, y'all are minor leagues. You can't come on the radio station because you don't have, like, the, you know, your, your minor leagues. And he's talking to, like, veteran artists that really do represent New York and represent it well. I know Sean Price was, in, you know, in the middle of that conversation. It's oh, like, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we said, wow. So I, at that oh, point, God. I said, so... Yeah, absolutely. The whole Doc Down Squad. And I said, so, mm -hmm. granted, they're not making music maybe that the rest of the country is feeling right now because, you know, the South is a big place, you know. The, the, right. There's New York and then the rest of the country. And, and there's a sound that New York has that maybe, you know, I understand why the South rolls and, and strip club music and I get it. But that yeah. doesn't mean that, that we're not putting out the right kind of stuff. And to hear our own radio station. You know, our own personalities that aren't from here, by the way, that aren't from New York, you know, dismiss the hard work of an entire community of artists. Then to ignore the fact that there's more than rap that equals hip hop. That felt really funny to, to a lot of people, not just me. I mean, people really got upset about that. Right. So then it's like, what do you do? You know, how do you attack a radio station that's owned by a multi-million dollar company, you know, and they've been attacked before because of people commenting against what kind of content they play, and you're playing songs that are sexually subject, you know, su suggestive, or you're playing right. songs with, you know, all these curse words, and whatever the case, and they win time and time again because we don't believe in censorship in this country, and I get that, mm -hmm. and I would never attack them for that because, listen... People listen to what's on the radio today, and it's all so violent, and it's so... And I'm like, well, you know, Black Moon, you know, was, was very violent, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, uh, uh, Mob Deep, rather, you know, gunshots used to make you levitate, like, that was on the radio. So we can't always just say, well, it's bad today, and it, you know, because it was kind of bad then, too, like, some of the stuff we liked was bad. Yeah. It's not about the, yeah. it's not about the content. What I, the angle I took which and I found a loophole sort of is to say that what I'm objecting to is the misuse of hip hop the term yeah. whereas most people are defining hip hop as rap you know a genre of, of music it's really a culture you know what I mean? Right. It's defined by Harvard as a culture it's defined by Yale as a culture it's defined by the dictionary as a culture mm -hmm. so if you're only you know, focusing on one aspect of an entire culture, but you say you represent that entire culture. That's kind of just, to me, the word I used was discriminatory. It was. And that, so was. that's how I attack, that's how I angle this petition. It's not a petition like sign your name, like, you know, a bunch of names. It's a it's a petition in, in, in like a court document kind of way, like a like an order to show cause, like you're divorcing someone or, you know, you're suing someone. Right. It's a petition to the FCC, which, you know, runs or manages all the radio stations because in their documents, 
radio stations are supposed to represent the community that they serve. That's like their basic underlying, uh, you know, mission. And most radio's gotten away from that. Some, you know, public radio, local radio, you know, 1010 Winds, you know, still serves their community. But hip-hop radio, because hip-hop is never really thought of as a community, as a culture and a community, they've been failing. So my charge to the FCC was... You have a radio station here claiming to represent a culture and a community, and they're only uh, representing a very narrow portion of that. They're insulting another portion of that. So the analogy I made was, picture me having a radio station, and all I do is talk about, like, Cherokee Indian, right? Native American Cherokees, right? And my tagline is, the home of Native Americans. We represent Native Americans. And I do, because Cherokee are Native Americans. But the Sioux Indians or the Shinnecocks are going to be like, um, no, boo, what about us? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what I think they're doing, and that's what I charged the FCC. They wrote, they had lawyers write me back and, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and argue, you know, I'm going to counterpoint my arguments and try right. to tell me that I'm, I'm trying to censor and determine content because I mentioned content, but I also mentioned right. that you have a community calendar, you have a community calendar and nothing's on your community calendar except people who pay you. Well, that doesn't, that's not a community calendar, that's a sponsored calendar, you know what I mean? Sponsored calendar, right. You know? <laughs> so there's a lot of things besides the, con- I don't care what they play on the radio so much and whether they include hip hop, uh, you know, New York hip hop artists or not, it'd be nice, right. but it's not the point because I knew that that would be a losing argument because they say we could play whoever we want and they're like, oh, yeah, I guess that's true, <laughs> yeah. you know, but if you attack them for being discriminatory because, and you're trying to establish that hip hop is the culture that we talk about, now they have to stop and listen. And even though they wrote me back, I wrote back mm-hmm. to their, you know, I rebutted their rebuttal and the FCC says, well, we're, we're, we're going to look at this. So it's still open, but it's okay. the government. So it takes forever to get anything done. Um, but it has not been dismissed. Ever. And ever and ever, you know. But it's still, you know, so technically, it's a it's a petition to cease broadcasting. And technically, if the petition gets approved based on these claims, I mean, technically, it probably won't happen. There'll probably be mm-hmm. some kind of negotiations or whatever. But technically, it could take them off the air. Which is, which is phenomenal to me that <laughs> you've even taken it to that level, and and but that's what hip hop is, you know, and we yeah. fight for it, and you know when people do say that oh hip hop is dead, I'm like you can't possibly believe that. Even the people that know the music that's out there and are listening to it still argue to the fact like oh it's not what it used to be. I'm like well you know it's evolved. It still is what it, what hip hop is supposed to be. It's evolving, and of course, it'll branch out into these other places that you may not agree with, but that's right. what evolution is, you know. Yeah, but yeah. it's still it's still going. Like for example, there was a, an article uh, today was it today or yesterday on um, how hip hop is becoming now the new oldie station favorite across I saw America. It. Yep. Right, you know New York I mean? Times. I saw that. that. Yep. That was crazy. And how this one station, they had changed so many disciplines for music. And finally, they went with hip-hop. One day, they were like, we're just going to try it. And boom, the phones went crazy. You right. know, they went from the old number school. They switched to the old school. They number one. The to the classics. To the 90s. Right. That was it. And I was right. like, see that right there. Now, and it's, and it's not just, that's not just 
that's happening there is happening across America and all the stations and things and just and even like the fact that I saw too on your on your calendar you guys uh, you guys have to go to uh, Manny Faces his, his site and check him out he has a calendar that, that has all kinds and all types of, of arts and creative culture events that happen mm-hmm across New York, like for example, the fact that this year, I don't know if you felt this way, but I felt like hip hop was really strong in the museums of New York. Like, you know, right now in the Brooklyn Museum is is the the culture of the sneaker culture evolving and how that's tied to hip hop and everything. And that's fantastic. There was this whole situation um, on, uh, was it the, the five mile thing for the museum? The art, the, the art event where it's like all the museums are open for one day. There was an event right. that had a hip hop photography um, display, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. And even yeah. like a Sasha Jenkins movie that's out right now that talks about fashion and hip hop, and there's right. just so many elements to it. And right. that's that's how come we love it so much because it's not just the music it's the way we dress it's the way we speak to each other you know and and the music ties it all in and ties it all together so you know now that you're doing all this and you have the the Manny Faze show you have the Place Magazine you know Bonfire Radio um what's next for Manny Faces? like what are the things that you're doing you're lecturing and what are some of the things that are out there that we should know about? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's that's what it is. You know, here's the thing. First of all, it's great to see, you know, the other aspects of hip-hop being amplified by cultural institutions. You know, I've, I've interviewed cats uh, like beatboxers and such who, who now say that, like, beatboxing has is, is gotten to, you know, sort of they're fighting to get beatboxing kind of represent, uh, recognized as sort of a musical discipline, you know? And whereas most places would, you know, would, would frown upon them, like some of the stuff the beatboxers do or, or vocalists or people that make music with their mouth is, you know, are phenomenal now. You know, that, that has evolved so much that right. there's there's those kind of things happening. So people are fighting for that, you know, and, and, and I want to keep telling those stories because I think that the more we, you know, amplify the people who are doing those kind of things, just like, again, just like you and thank you, you know, like I said, a lot of journalists don't want to, big up other journalists, but it's like you calling attention to the Hot 97 FCC petition, it's not to make me famous, you know what I mean? It, you know, it, it could actually blacklist me against, you know, I'll never get a job in mainstream hip-hop ever again. They're like, you trying to take us down. You know, but it's to, it's to get the, the fight to where it needs to be. So, right. I'm trying to tell more of those stories, make sure I highlight more of those individuals. Uh, the, you know, the Museum of the City of New York did that great uh, uh, month-long photo- hip-hop photography exhibition. Joe Conzo, you know, the great Joe Conzo was one of the... He was my first interviewee on my Bonfire radio show. So, you know, those are the people I want to make sure I tell their story. So I'm going to continue doing that, continue bigging up New York hip-hop, the calendar, all the things that are going on, to be kind of known for that. Like, I want people to come to me because... I know a lot about what, you know, in New York it's funny because you'll have this, this group over here doing their thing and they have a nice little movement going on and this little group over here that's doing their thing and they've got their little movement going on, they don't even know about each other sometimes and their audience don't know of each other either. And like you say, you know, there's room for everybody. So somewhere there's got to be a hub of information. So I'm just trying to be that. So where people can, you know, say, you know, I'm in New York or New York hip hop sucks or, and then I can be like, no, go here. See the you know see the light 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I'm the um, largest tip. I'm the largest tip outside of New York. Just now I'm starting to really be more outspoken against uh, the way that hip-hop is, uh, is perceived by the greater population. I know a lot of people say, who cares? People came at me, who cares what Hot 97 thinks? That, that's mainstream. I don't care about the radio. Who cares if, if, if uh, hip-hop is on MSNBC and they have a representative from something that I don't feel represents hip-hop properly? They just pick the first name out the hat that they think, you know, represents hip-hop. And, and I look at that and I, I analyze these things. I'm like a little mm-hmm. media watchdog. I'm like, they don't really represent hip-hop. You shouldn't have, shouldn't have Ebro on a, on a panel in, in Brooklyn talking about, you know, being a representative of, of hip-hop culture just because he's Ebro. Right. Like, they don't know any better. Because they say, right, well, right. Who's, the, you know, who's the hip-hop guy? And they're like, well, Ebro. And I'm like, well, no. I mean, he's a hip-hop guy, but he's representing such a, you know, specific... Anyway, so... I'm <laughs> trying... Specific demographic I'm, of... Yeah. yeah, and that's not... That doesn't tell the story that you know, they need to hear in the panel. I was literally at a panel. I'm telling you a true story. I was at a panel. Ebro was on there. And one lady stood up. And she was very upset because it was like a youth violence panel at the the Brick House. And they were talking about youth violence in the city and and how, you know, how it could be. They had a principal there. They had reporters there. They had representatives from media there. And one lady literally got up and said, you know, it's a shame that, you know, since BLS, there's no black-owned radio station in New York City. It's horrible. That's why we're not being, you know, uh, they're not talking about our issues. They're not, you know, and she's right. And, but, yeah. you know, and nobody's going to nobody's gonna jump and say anything. But if I was on the panel, I would say, no, there's Bonfire Radio. There's Nadine who's doing a great podcast. Like, just because you don't have FM signals anymore doesn't right. mean that that information isn't out there. So you have to, somebody's got to say, yeah. it doesn't matter that we're not on the radio anymore here's the outlets you need to support and let them get big enough so that they can become on the radio. It's a new exactly. renaissance, man. It starts from the bottom. Exactly. It starts oh. from the bottom. And there's there's a lot of us out there doing it and, and talking about it, representing it. And you're right. There's some people that don't want to really, like, pull you in and where we stand as a unit. But... It is what it is. You know, you just keep moving. You just keep... There's going, a whole lot of people, know? and unfortunately unfortunately with hip-hop, there's a whole lot of people that, and this, honestly, I've called I've called them out, the majority of hip-hop media, our own, you know, our own media, eating, eating, eating its young, because they're just interested in really just, you know, the gossip, the clicks, the advertising, the revenue. They're not interested in pushing forward or growing or talking about that evolution they want to make money now and you know pushing forward the evolution doesn't make a lot of money (laughs) we're not getting rich (laughs) off of this I haven't made a dollar like I've put out way more than I've taken in over way more and continue to but you know when you work for a mission that's what you gotta do so and but it's like it's almost like a a candy shop to me of, of, of the artists that are out. I mean, even like on your site, you know, you mentioned Mama's Hip Hop Kitchen, right. you know, Joey Badass. We talked about Duck Down. I mean, I, I can't say enough about Duck Down. The right, right. 20 years plus in the business and still putting out music, still touring uh, yep. videos and still introducing new artists to the genre. Absolutely. That, that's hip hop to the core, you know. Just dropped uh, Chelsea Rejects. Just dropped 
Chelsea, drop Chelsea Reject, Raz Fresco, like they're dropping yep. alongside with Smith and Weston, who I went on a couple road, you know, little tour dates with, that are still mm-hmm. killing the game and still yeah. dropping new music occasionally. So absolutely, like you know, hello. <laughs> it's it's still doing it, and and they're yeah. out there. I mean, well, another <laughs> another thing I want to mention too is like. The Jerobi doing Tribe Taco Tuesdays now in New York, which Absolutely. is like hip hop, food, it, it, and then hip hop elements. It, it's phenomenal in New York. Can't and this is what I've been saying for, and this is what I've been saying for, you know, six years on the magazine and three years on the radio show. I've been saying, you can go back to my first show, and I'll tell you, it'll be the same, same kind of thing I'll tell you. That New York City, and this, and again, it's not just the music. Like you said, it's the 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 way you know uh, the hip hop jam, park jams. So we got old school stuff. We got um, when Five Points was still rocking. You know, rest, you know, rest in peace, the big graffiti mecca. They were still there every day, every weekend. You could go there and see people paint. They're still doing things. Um, uh, you know, Rocksteady Crew still runs workshops. Like all elements of hip hop, and, and I'm talking about workshops with like young kids, like middle school and I could tell you 15 other organizations that are hip hop minded that are doing things that are hip hop oriented that aren't right. just an MC on the microphone you know there's, there's a DMX DJ competitions that happen in New York there's so much going on I've been saying this for 6-7 years and now people are starting to like really realize that New York is still the most progressive forward thinking and complete gamut of hip hop existence in the world there's no place that wow. does it better right now today than New York City. And then to call us dead is, you know, the most close-minded way of looking at hip-hop music and culture. And exactly. part of the job is to exactly. change people's minds, man. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Um, oh, my God. Uh, not only that, that uh, these artists that we interview and we talk to, like, when I first started to even delve into hip-hop in, in the New York underground culture, I I was doing events with my girlfriends. We were doing, like, nonprofit little fundraisers, bringing attention to community nonprofits. And I right. said, I want to do a little, you know, hip-hop live, like, you know, thing where I'm featuring artists from the underground. So I was meeting different people. So right. um, I met this one guy who was, like, doing events, doing like help kind of like promote the freedom parties that are now into what the 11th year or or 10th year something like that and um uh i did this thing hip-hop 101 yeah and um i started hip-hop 101 and my first one of my first artists was the alikes that i met through these different artists and through the alikes i met you know people through dead prez uh, then I met Mr. Complex, and from Mr. Complex, uh, I met Shabam Sadiq. I happen to know somebody else that was like had a studio. I met Black Moon. You know, I, I met all these different people, and I'm like, and this was like 2003, and I'm thinking, you know, a lot of people were like, these people aren't doing anything anymore, and I even started believing that until I started being in New York for real. You know what I mean? Right. And I saw like these people are doing—they're still putting out music. What are people talking about? You know what I mean? <laughs> they're still doing it. So I started doing Hip Hop One on One, which was a live showcase, and I met all these different artists. You know, um, uh, there was 
so many different High Phoenix, you know, I happen to meet DJ Spinner. All these different mm. elements were happening. And even with Shabam Sadiq, who, you know, that was like the, the raucous era of, and right. kind of like towards the end. And he, you know, got into a little something and, you know, things fall apart. But he right now is doing it big, you know? Absolutely. And people wouldn't Absolutely. even think that. And I'm like, yeah, even Daylight, and we know how successful Daylight has been and consistent. There, people don't even realize they're like doing these things and consistently on tour. Like somebody told me, what well, Daylight hasn't played anything out since what? Three feet high. I'm like, are you serious right now? I can't said the talk same to thing you. about K- this. Someone told me the same thing about Karis One. I'm like, Karis One drops an album like every two years, yo. Like, just, like <laughs> you just put out out. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you're not paying attention. Now, exactly. I, I, you know, I forgive them sometimes. You know, forgive them, sister, so they know not what they do. You know, <laughs> nobody's telling them. You know, I mean, we're trying to tell them, but you know, we gotta get. You know, that's why we gotta work hard because we're, we're exactly. fighting the forces of of a lot of people saying a lot of different things. You mentioned the New York Times article. The, the, the title was "Hip Hop Is You Know the New Oldies." And I actually wrote a big editorial on birthplacemag.com about how I think that the classic radio stations are bad for hip hop. And people were like, no, we love that. Like we and they said like the, the, the ratings blew up and people were like, yo, I love an oldie station. I'm like, I love an old I love oldies too. But I don't need to listen to it all day. And what you're doing is you're letting people think that the new stuff is no good. There's a lot of new music that if you love the old stuff you would love the new stuff. You talked about Joey Badass. That's why he got, he made some noise because older heads or people that like, you know, the older style of, you know, New York boom bap kind of tribe called questy kind of music are feeling what he's coming with, but he's 19 years old. Why well, see the cynic, another guy, you know what I mean, that has that kind of vibe. Bishop Naples, there's a bunch of people that are coming out with that music that have the DNA of what they like, but it's new and it's fresh and it's saying something. So when you, but 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 if you're going to be the radio station and you're either going to play top forty rap or you're now going to flip to classic oldies, well, you're just continuing to run the the, the genre into the ground, right? Because and, and then the title too, the title I I I wasn't crazy about, like hip hop becomes the new oldies, as just right. I say, hip hop is going to be in the past. Right. So the title exactly. is even bad. You know what I mean? Exactly. And it's like, ugh, you know? And then you got to read the article to be like, what are you talking about? But, you know, they're talking <laughs> about how they're profiting now, of course, right. from the music, the culture again, from back then. But it's unfair. The title is just totally unfair. Like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Which is why, which is so, why my title, like, ruffled some feathers. Because I was like, you know, classic hip-hop. Um, you know, cl- classic was it class? I forget what I titled, but I was like, "Bad for hip." We'll probably fail, and bad and is bad for hip hop. And they're like, mm. "Yo, you know, this is celebrating our, you know, our golden era." And da da da. I'm like, it's not really doing that. You'll see. Nope. <laughs> you know, we're fighting a big perception out there. And again, when yeah. New York Times writes about hip hop, people listen. So you could say. The New York Times don't know about hip hop, and you keep it moving. Yeah, but a lot of people do, and you know who does? People who book hip hop shows in New York City. You know, because venue owners and venue managers read the New York Times, or they listen to, you know, MSNBC or whatever, you know, whatever NPR, and they're getting a perception of hip hop, and they're basing their business decisions off of it. So you could not listen to Hot 97. You could not read the New York Times. 
But believe you me, when they're talking about hip hop and they're not well-rounded enough to give a complete picture or they only interview the people who they know. I've seen articles where they just interview, you know, Peter Rosenberg and, right. you know, somebody it's else. It's only like, like a couple people that they consider, like, is the authority on hip hop. Right. And they're not. They're just not. Like, they have their place, and I'm not taking it away anything from anybody else. But they do not even, you know, represent a, 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 a portion of the vastness of hip-hop music and culture, New York or worldwide. So they're not really good representatives, but those are the ones who get the megaphone, the bully pulpit. So we have to fight a perception, and that's why a lot of people don't get the credit, you know, they deserve and why it's so easy for a lot of people to come and kind of half-ass it and clutter up the landscape. Let's not act like everything everybody does is dope. Like, I mean, there's a lot of hobby rappers that need to, you know, stay in the basement. Yeah, to just not <laughs> you know? even have a presence or be the light of day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, but you got to be able to, uh, you know, if you have a, <clears throat> a level, if you have a, a real gatekeeper system again, then you can, you know, separate the weak from the, you know, <laughs> uh, and, and, and you have some kind of semblance of, you know, what it should be again. And we really don't have that. It's, it's just a mosh pit of, you know, of everyone doing everything and everyone talking and a lot of noise. And uh, so that's part of the job is to, you know, get people's perceptions focused, you know, and help them cut through the clutter. And when you want to know what's going on in New York, you know, I'm trying to be that guy. You know, my team is trying to be that team just to let people know. And, you know, it's just I'm just one guy. My opinion is not important. You know, I don't I write about things I don't like. I put stuff on the calendar I wouldn't go to, <laughs> you know, but it's not about me. It's about, like you said, preserving, protecting and, you know, uh, progressing the music and culture as a whole. Right. And you do that very, very well. Now, recently I saw that. uh you were honored at the Blue Note. Can you tell me what that was all about? I didn't oh, yeah, that was, that was really cool, man. Like, just like I said, and I'll say it again, you know, that you're reaching out to me as a fellow journalist, and I appreciate that. And I always give you, you know, the same kind of props because I see, you know, you're doing the right work. So Soul Inscribed, Soul Inscribed is a group, a four-man group. Uh, they're pretty dope. They do some really interesting stuff. Uh, you know, one guy's a, a rapper and a, and, and a lyricist and a poet, and then the other guy's a beatboxer, and he plays the bass, and he plays this weird other instrument that looks like it comes from Tibet. And then you got a, you know, you got a, 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 a saxophonist and, you know, and, and, a, and a singer, like a kind of a soul singer. And they're dope. They've all been around the scene. I've kind of, you know, crossed paths with them in the past, and they've come together to form this group. So they've been doing some music. And I guess I wrote about them at one point and, you know, knew who they were and whatever. I get notification that they want to honor me and a bunch of other people during the Blue Note Jazz Festival at the Blue Note. Of course, world famous Blue Note Jazz you know, Club. And Hi. Wow. And they literally just, they put, I had a performance night, but they also wanted to invite a bunch of people to give kind of their appreciation back to people who they feel influenced them or inspire them or just, you know, look out, you know? And it was a great mix of people because they, they know people from the theater world. And they know people from, you know, uh, the education world and, of course, journalists like myself, other artists, uh, people who have been running, you know, showcases for 12 years, ill-spoken, Freestyle Mondays, family, you know, and just a bunch of people that they felt inspired them. So I was one of them. <laughs> and, like, you know, sometimes you don't think people are paying attention, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, really 
uh, really nice when 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 people you know recognize it. And it was it was, a, it was a nice idea. It was a good idea. It's brilliant and it's marketing. You invite a whole bunch of people you know to give them awards, and then of course you have a whole bunch of people getting awards talking about you. But it's all good. <laughs> I, I, do, I do I do think it came from a good place. And it's right. funny, the other big rap that New York hip hop has, the bad rap is that they don't support each other, right? New York hip-hop is cutthroat and, and nobody helping anybody. Right. That's not always the case, you know, because 50 Cent went at somebody, again, is not representative of New York hip-hop as a whole. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, Shabam Sadiq and, you know, think of what happened when uh, Pumpkinhead passed away. Oh, you know, man. There were so many people that came out to support that that man's family and, and that man's legacy from different, you know, all different that have now maybe all came up together but now are all doing separate things. They didn't turn their exactly. back on that. They they all came out. They did. So they did. to me they, like that's, they the, it's the, the the media that that had gotten was really phenomenal to me. And I was like, yeah. wow, when you just think again, when we say you think no one's paying attention but right. people are. But sometimes uh, that's like another a, a double-edged sword because on the flip side, while they're doing it, mm-hmm. the fact that they're saying, I wonder if anybody's really paying attention, you know, mm-hmm. because right. as an artist, well, I always feel too, when you see artists that are doing their thing, especially if they're doing it in hip-hop and they're MCs and, 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 and they've been doing it for years and putting out consistently good music and doing great things but not really achieving that level that they want to achieve. And then something like them dying happens and they get all this media attention. Right. Well, it's like that's my criticism of, of that. And again, I, had, I have to go with hip-hop too because I don't expect you know, MTV to, to be writing about Pumpkinhead as he's coming up. But you know, hip-hop media really, and they failed us on several occasions, but they, they, they're quick to write about it when everyone's talking about it. You know, right. but how many times did you write about him before? You know, yeah. how many times? Uh, five points. I, I wrote an editorial piece one time when I said, you know, when everyone wrote about five points being washed over by the, you know, whitewashed, with, you know, painted over by the building owner, and that whole big thing happened in the middle of a legal battle to preserve the the artwork and the big fight, and it doesn't matter what your position of it was because some people say you know the building owner he has the right to to take out what he but no they were in court they were actually debating it and there was a brief period of time when he when he could go in and it was not protected and he did that before they could bring back the next you know appeal and he painted over it and said now you can't fight anymore now there's nothing to fight over so he did it legally but it was sneaky and everybody wrote about it everybody especially hip hop every hip hop publication wrote about it. But here's the thing, Nadine, six months earlier, I was the only hip-hop journalist at the community board meeting in Queens, filled with members of Long Island City who live there and go to these community board meetings. I've never been to a community board meeting in my life. I don't even go to a PTA meeting. You know what I mean? But I was there along with like 15, 16 speakers and about 20, you know, rep- no, just like people there uh, in support of five points when they were on the mic to ask the community help us prevent this guy from doing this not just because of the art but because it's going to turn it's gentrifying your neighborhood you're going to lose this all the you know all the the 
bad things that happen when greedy developers take over a community. But many of them did speak about the artistic value and how Five Points is a, a, a beacon for you know worldwide travelers who come and they come see it and let's just work this out. We just don't want to lose our artwork, you know. And where was the hip hop media then, when Five Points needed? Voices. They needed people. They needed petitioners. They needed people down at the community board members to show a constituency, to show a movement, so that the politicians would have to take notice. Instead, they saw like 10, 15, you know, graffiti artists and lovers of the arts, and that's cool, but it's not enough to move the needle. Right. And had, had hip-hop media been blasting that out, had Hot 97, the home of hip-hop, right. just said, hey, listen, if you're into graffiti or you're into hip-hop, Go down to the community board meeting today at 7 o'clock. They need your help. That's it. 20 seconds. Not even. But no, you have to pay for an advertisement and pay tens of thousands of dollars for that. $10,000 or something like that. You know what I mean? But all they had to do was say that one time, you know, and they didn't. But when it was whitewashed, everybody was talking. All hiphop.com, hiphop, yeah, all these other places, every one of them was talking about it. So that's my criticism towards hip-hop media. And, and you know, mainstream media, like I said, forgive them. They don't know better. They don't know any better, but we got to tell them, too. And, and if we keep doing this, then maybe they'll start to listen to some people who are, you know, in the mix, you know. And like I said, I'm not yeah. the I'm not the one, I'm not the spokesperson for hip-hop, but I'll, I'm, I'll be better at it than whoever they're talking to now. And then I'll mention other people they should talk to, and then maybe they'll get a complete picture of what we live, our lifestyle, man. But it's not just music on the radio, man. This is how we live. Exactly. This is definitely how we live. And Manny, I want to definitely thank you so much for coming on to the show and, and talking about all the great things that you do. You guys have to support Manny Faces. Please tell him um, your site. It's not right in front of me right now. I think it's mannyfaces.com. Yeah, that's the that's the hub. You know, I've made it the hub now because I do so many things. Um, Birthplacebag.com. Yeah, I you know I try. You know, it, it, sometimes you get spread a little too thin, but you know we just we, we regroup and, and recharge and, and come back. You know, so birthplacemag.com is the home uh-huh. of the New York you know hip hop coverage that we do. NYHipHopReport.com, the weekly show with Sunday nights live, uh, 10 p.m. on uh, Block Talk Radio, and uh, you know, and then um, the Manny Faces show is alternating Thursdays. Uh, com on Bonfire Radio and really just mannyfaces.com will tell you where everything is I DJ also so there's you know a count of my appearances if you want to book me you know uh, that's all there so mannyfaces.com that's it that's where I live <laughs> mannyfaces.com now I'm assuming you also designed your website I want to touch on that too because I like how I get on your website and you're typed in there live it feels live <laughs> <laughs> it looks live right it, free, it freaks like me out because I look at it I'm like <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're watching my Ustream. Yeah. Yeah, it's really crazy. It kind of reminds me, I don't know if you remember, like, at the end of these shows back in the 80s, there was this one guy who was, like, doing all the shows, like Murder, She Wrote, and... Yeah, yeah. Shows, and at the end, he would toss his paper over. Yep. I, and it turned into a logo. Yeah, and it turned into a logo. I'll tell you his, his name was Stephen J. Cannell. <laughs> I, I, was, I knew you would I know, know exactly what you're talking about. I just remember it. I don't it know. Reminded I guess me of that. Yeah, it reminds me of that. As soon as I looked at it, I was like, it reminds me of that, you know? But it's really mm-hmm. dope. So you designed your website. It's 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 really fly. I really like it. Thank you. I appreciate really that. Nice. Yeah, all the, all the web work on all the sites. I do myself. I do the graphic work. 
Um, I do have some help. I just want to shout out Steve Ortiz. He's my co-host on the New York Hip Hop Report every week, and he's up in the Bronx where the people are fresh, and he calls in, and he keeps it going, because I could talk for years, but, you know, so it's nice to have someone else, you know, throwing stuff back and forth, and he's been holding me down for three years on that show, just out of love, same thing, out of love for hip hop. We don't make any money, really. And, um, and you know, a few, few people have helped along the way. You know, writers, you know, have helped out, and, you know, some people have helped out. They come and go, you know. It's, it's a tough game getting people who are serious about it and, and up to the quality that we want. And um, But we're always looking for, you know, help with writing and interns and, uh, you know, help keep the calendar fresh. You know, anyone want to help out, man, they can always, you know, if you feel this mission is important, you know, come on board and, uh, and help out. And, uh, you know, we get to where we need to be. I'm the kind of guy that, you know, remembers who helped, you know. Definitely. You guys, yeah. poor man faces, he's doing his thing. He's also on Facebook, he's on Twitter. He's on everything you can possibly imagine. <laughs> oh, you know yeah. what I wanted to touch on, too? This okay. digital strategist, you know, mm. help a lot of people go from magazine to, you know, digital online. Mm. And let's touch a little bit on that because, you know, as a journalist, you've seen how so many magazines like The Source and there were a lot of magazines that I thought also represented hip-hop pretty well like Elemental Magazine was really mm, dope yeah. I followed that, that. I liked Scratch of course Scratch was really one of my favorites and you know when that died out that was crazy XXL in the beginning was really was really cool too but then I, I, I started feeling as if there was only this small little tiny pool of hip-hop that they were always putting on the cover, and that started pissing me off. I stopped yeah. buying magazines altogether after a while. And then the, the mm. ones that were representing, they were dying out because they weren't getting support. So that was such a pivotal point. And, you know, as a journalist, how did you feel, like, from how newspapers seem to be dying or the paper yeah, and that was that culture. That was the dying. that was the day gig. So I didn't, you know, we were we were gonna lose. I was gonna lose my bread and butter. You know, I mean, I, I was working for a newspaper, and, and we saw them all. So the hip hop thing is, you know, hip hop journalism media, you know, it fell to the same, you know, dragons that slayed journalism as a whole, and that was, you know, and that's been killing the music industry and the movie industry, you know, and the internet, you know, accessibility. Um, and you did find that, you know, it's very tough to, to charge for content when people can get content for free. So, you know, when you're double XL and your, you know, your main bread and butter is these nice, you know, featurey stories that you've done in the past. And then now someone's doing it and putting it on a blog <laughs> and you're losing that exclusivity. You know, people aren't buying your magazine as much. And you're also now two months late because, you know, the magazine cycle uh, you know, it was always two, three months out. You know, people don't realize you get a magazine now, it was the story was written two months ago. So yeah. you know, just seeing that how the internet's you know, the speed of information, the the breadth of information was so much mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, it affected all industries. Um yeah. some industries bounced back, you know, I mean obviously the bigger uh well, we lost some really big, famous, you know, newspapers over the years too. So not even the big ones that, that made it through, some of them didn't. But, you know, I was able to take our, you know, local but important uh, alternative newspaper and, and successfully translate it to uh, to, uh, to digital online. So that's what I do for a living. You know, I was successful at it. And I think that hip-hop made a, a few mistakes. And a lot of these, you know, organizations uh, couldn't survive and couldn't uh, innovate enough. That's why I'm, in hip-hop media, there's no innovation. 
They're right. doing what they can now to stay alive. They're supplementing, you know, whatever they can. They're playing the clickbait game. And a couple of them are doing okay. I mean, you know, I like DJ Booth. I like Hip Hop DX sometimes. But, you know, even them get on my nerves. You know, because they want to pepper you with nonsense and then try to, you know, sneak in something important. Now, just do stuff important. There's enough of us now who want important stuff that, you know, maybe we'll support you. Uh, right. But it's difficult, you know, it's difficult, and each one has its own flaws in the game, but, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but it also gives us, you know, a lane, you know, because if they were doing it right, we wouldn't be here, you know, we wouldn't be, you know, we're offering the alternative, and as a long-time fan of alternative media, you know, sometimes, you know, you need that renaissance, you know, to, 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 to change the game or to, to offer alternatives. Again, people don't know we're fighting a big wash of, of information and a big... Everyone's doing it the same way because it's all they right. know how to do. And people are just... That's all people are being served. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you got to get big enough and you got to be sincere enough. And again, even on the alternative side, there's a lot of people doing their own brand of journalism. And, you know, it's not easy to do this. You've been doing this for how long? It's not easy to put together a show... Uh, you know, with with consistency, with professionalism, you know. Exactly. So people do this, and then they usually fade off. And they, but in the meantime, they clutter the game. So I actually have a problem with some people who are content creators and trying to be the alternative voice, but they're just not fully equipped for it. Join forces right. with us, you know. Join forces with me, or or help you out with your show, or you know, find some people that are really doing it because we need. Then we can rise together. If everyone's just trying to do their own thing. It kind of upsets the apple cart on that side of things. So we got to find a balance. I think we're getting there. You know, you know, places like you know we mentioned Bonfire, like this, they're they're coming together and, and and building and my my outlets are building and getting bigger and, and more well known and a little bit you know better financed. So I right. think we're all trying to figure it out. I think we're getting there. There are others like us, you know, like me, who are doing yeah. it. And um, you know, I think. This is a period of transition, you know, in, in journalism and in hip hop, you know, all sides. And I think it'll, you know, yeah. work there's itself so out, I guess. There's so many things, yeah, work stuff out and, you know, yeah, join together and, and big up each other because there is room for all of us. And I say to people out there, like some people... You know, even myself, sometimes I'm trying to put together the show. I have so many things going on, and I'm like, you know, why am I continuing to do this? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Even people ask me, like, what are you doing that for? I'm like, well, it's really dope. I, great, I meet great artists, and, you know, I see them evolve over the years, and I, I continue to, you know, and people start to reach out to me. I feel really good, you know, when I see them evolve, and you know, like yourself and other artists like Book Brown and Larry mm. Jones, you know, uh, Give you hope, you know, right? Give you a little bit of hope. That I met, yeah, that, yeah. you know, they see me, they know me, and I like that feeling, you know? I like the fact yeah. that I'm part of it, that I'm evolving in it, you know? And I like the fact that I'm meeting people like yourself that are representing, you know, the culture. And even when I was doing Six Man Radio with uh, The Bad Seed, it was it was just a great experience and the bad seed himself being part of that culture and you know yeah. Pumpkinhead passing away all these things that you know when I first started was when I'm meeting these people you're not thinking 
yeah, you know, this guy's doing great things. That's great. Oh, I want to, you know, see if you come on the show or talk about this or talk about that. And then, you know, you see what they're doing. You know, you see what Poison Pen is doing, Hassan Salam, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. kinds of artists that I meet. And that's really what keeps me going. And they do so many different things. And, you know, that's what I love about the New York hip hop culture. That's that feeling that I get from everybody. You know what I mean? Right. And it's a it's a really you know some people don't support you 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 wish there was a little bit more support but you know when you're putting in the work after a while people just recognize you and then all of a sudden out of nowhere you know what you've been searching is really right in front of you it's just been building it up all along and that's how mm-hmm. I feel you know what happens with what you're saying and what you're doing like. The more attention and, and work that you put into it, the more is, is manifesting for you from the whole entire thing. And you're experiencing such a rich and decadent culture. Did you go to the Brooklyn Hip Hop Festival? I did not go this year. I, I've normally okay. gone. We've normally gone to the whole thing. I did not attend this year. Uh, unfortunately, just the timing uh, was off for me. Yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't get to go either. I had to do some other things. But, you know, that that goes on. Again, another New York event, and, and you're really putting it in, and you're doing so many great and wonderful things. And I definitely want to have you back on the show um, at some other point just to discuss anything, really, right? <laughs> you know, I want to have you back on the show, and, you know, I'm going to get you back in, in a couple of months and... and um, want to have you on a panel to discuss some things about our youth and what's going on with that culture from 13 yeah. to 18 that's happening with hip-hop and you know just so many everything else tie into hip-hop <laughs> and everything else you know what i mean yeah because so, there's, um, there's a lot of everything else going on and exactly. you know it's funny that you know hip-hop you know we're so passionate passionate about it and into it and you know it's the music it's the art you know but it's again at the end of the day it really is a community, you know. It's hard to 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 put a a bubble around it because there's hip, you know, there's hip hop in every you know area of the world in every community, black, white, Spanish, you know, Hispanic, everything, where it really covers everybody, and it has certain things that you know, certain uh, certain things that are very prevalent in the way in the big things that are happening in society today. Mm-hmm. And it's all, you know, people of color, minorities, but a lot of that is hip-hop, you know what I mean? And so it, we have to realize that there's a, I guess, an overlap, you know? So when we talk about the art, when we talk about the culture, when we talk about the radio, when we talk about the music, when we talk about the image, these mm-hmm. things are affecting people that are also being wrapped up, caught up in some of these things, these social injustices. There's overlap. So when right. we're trying to get a better representation of the culture of hip-hop, we really also are trying to get a better representation of the people that are within that culture and that community. And very often those are the same people that are really in need of, you know, better self-worth and better uh, representation to the media and better representation to law enforcement. You know what I mean? These are, so it's really all kind of the same thing. It's not just, I want what I want on the radio. Like that is such a small-minded way of looking at it. This is all connected and this is youth culture. Hip-hop is basically basically youth culture now so there's a lot of it and and it has it's pluses and minuses but uh, i forget who it was i think careless one said you know if if uh, you know hip-hop could be negative it could also be positive like there's so many other angles to it that just need to be amplified 
And I'll tell you what, I will come back. I'll be happy to honor the privilege anytime. I will come back in a couple of months because quiet is kept. I'm working on something else because <laughs> I never seem to do enough. And uh, this is going to be another thing that is a little bit uh, centered around exactly this, exactly what we're talking about. Again, working to change the perception of, you know, the rest of the world that doesn't understand hip hop changing that perception I'm working on something that's gonna uh, help facilitate that so I'll be glad to come in and talk about that too oh man I'm looking forward to that you guys Manny Faces find everything you need to know about on MannyFaces.com we're gonna get into a little KRS one next it's your girl Nadine Michelle Bodega Fresh my guest Manny Faces we'll be back
back and forth on the scene. What? Check what? it out. Yo, I'm on a mission. I hold a pen and stay twisting. The competition, my street cats will stay listening. listening. Detroit to New York, I still walk the walk. What? Control dance hall, chilling in my B-boy stance, y'all. Never was known to be an MC. Uh-huh. I still rip and flip crowds into a frenzy. Yeah. By using tight words, I incite herbs to bite. Bum rush your mic, check, play this only at night. Coincide with the mic, take flight and do tours. Pause. I separate minds from yours. I look you up and as I stare in your face, you seem stunned. Remember me? The one you got your idea from? What? Yeah, I'm right here, son. Straight out the slump. Making tracks for dough, getting paid to do shows. So when I blow, blow, y'all niggas respect my flow. Uh huh. Hey, yo, I'm nice with the pill when I rock with Slum Bill. So what you want? Yeah, yeah, what you want, y'all? What, 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 what? Yo, listen, uh uh-huh. we on a mission If you don't know, it's time for up-and-coming competition And the fact that you're missing uh-huh. Is that you should be wishing that we don't come to your territory Hey, yo, what? What? listen, Ooh. you get in when you fit in, nigga Hey, yo, listen, uh-huh. your whole crew is categorized under fiction uh-huh. Y'all known for ass-kissing For all y'all niggas listening, y'all can drink up Say up about this Gucci cup that I pissed in uh-huh. The babble yeah. like the Pistons, B-boy, like you wishing yeah. you was Stay out the kitchen, it's, it's getting, getting too high Slumville and Pete Rock, what? making the industry ride We yeah. all the masses like NASA to the astronauts so what you want what? Like at first we laid a verse, so now we rock with the beat. Uh-huh. It's just another casualty for the S and the V. It's Woo. like action, it's what we give and receive. Best do believe we got some shit up our sleeve. Uh. Some shit to dance to, what? some shit to intrigue. Uh-huh. Some shit if you was dying, it could help you breathe. breathe. Make the handicapped nigga receive speed. It's like totally with the rhymes with the V. Woo. Doing this for DT, the place to be. Get, get the rest, R O I T. Back, nigga, bliss, baby. What else uh-huh. can it be? Please. Please me with some scratch with some pee. For pee. Uh, okay, all right, word up. Word up. What's the ass up? P-R-S-R. In the beginning, uh-huh. it was the ass. Never no name shit. Motherfuckers travel for miles to Mac Nick. Uh-huh. We kick rhymes, you know, they never sound like yours. To the mic, looking like cheap doors. Uh-huh. Fuck this rap shit. I'm too smart for that. for that. I do the shit for kicks with my crew. What? Believe that. The S is on the way to making MCs quit. Uh. I shoot the kind of rhymes that make the MCs duck. Say what? On the mic, I never fight. I call an angel of war. Slicing MC with my palm, a lyrical sword. Uh. You really want a bottle? You must be ill, 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 ill kid. Well, it's the S. No, 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 no. I mean, your favorite, the Negroes, making the music that you run out to get. Uh-huh, now, this uh-huh. is nevertheless. New me, your bomb shit. My Nicholas is earning money on some out burning shit. Out burning shit. Say what? It's the Slumville. Straight from Detroit. Money earning Mount Vernon. Rock on. So, my nigga JD. Rock on. Can't forget my nigga S. Rock on. Can't forget my nigga T3. Rock on. Rap lover in the place, rock on. Hey, what? Slumville, and we out. No doubt for 98. Enjoy. Yeah. Your girl Nadine, Bodega Fresh, you guys. Thanks for joining me. I want to say and salute 
to Manny Faces, who was my guest this evening. Manny Faces, you can find all kinds of information on Manny. He's a journalist, radio host, DJ producer, founder and editor-in-chief of First Place Magazine. You can find information on Manny at mannyfaces.com. Um, he has several tabs and several hats that he wears, so you definitely enjoy and um, support all the wonderful things he's doing. He's definitely holding hip-hop culture on his back. He's doing his thing. So you guys support Manny, and thanks so much for coming on the show. I'm looking forward to this special event that you're working on. I can't wait for you to come back and speak to us on that. Uh, just played a little Slum Village, a little Once Upon a Time, and also right before that, I played Out of Here by the fabulous and wonderful lyricist KRS-One, the God MC. Wanted to bring you to uh, some events that's going on this week in New York City. Uh, one, we have the fabulous and lovely MC Farah Boule Burns, who is um, starting her first weekly event at um, Farafina Cafe in Harlem. It's called the Experimental Box. Uh, uh, check it out. Farafina Cafe Lounge in Harlem. That's at 1813 Amsterdam Avenue in Harlem. And um, she'll be performing. And it seems to be an intimate affair. Well, she's going to be performing with her band. There's also dinner and a fabulous menu that is available by Chef Clement, who was featured on NBC for some authentic African and fusion cuisine. So you guys check that out. That is on Tuesday, August 4th. And on August 5th, there is a memorial salute to Pumpkinhead this Wednesday. Really, really important event coming up, you guys. Um, also sort of a fundraiser for his family as well. It's at Santos Party House. So you guys have to check that out. Um, August 5th, and I think it starts at 7 o'clock. Let me look up that information for you, but... There's going to be so many artists there um, um, supporting. Gene Gray is going to be there. Immortal Technique is going to be there. I think tickets are $20, but prices might have gone up. So you guys can go to the Santos Party House website or go on Facebook and um, search it out. But it's going to be performances by Immortal Technique, Pharaoh Monch, Gene Gray, Sean Price. Dot X, Sky Zoo, Spam Sadiq, <laughs> The Plague, featuring Hydra, Tone Deaf, Pack FM, Substantial, Poison Pen, Bad Seed, Arch Rival, Mr. Mech, DJ, Depone. You better get there early because there's a lot of people on this roster. End of the week will be there. Mr. Metaphor from Brooklyn Academy will be there. John Robinson, Dugius, um Special DJs are Kid Capri, DJ Evil D. Um, Scram Jones is going to be there. So Wednesday at Santos Party House at 7 o'clock is when it's supposed to start, which is at 96 Lafayette Street. So you guys check that out. I'm so excited to go to both of these events this week in the city. And, of course, you could also look at a calendar of events on MannyFaces.com, who also keeps a big calendar of all events that are related to the hip-hop culture in itself. And um, check that out for all other events that's going on this week. But if you want to get tickets to the Pumpkinhead Memorial Concert, 
it's 20 bucks and regular admission is $25 and there's also an additional donation if you'd like to donate on top of paying for your ticket so all are welcome get there early it should be packed I think it's going to be really packed so you guys make your way to New York City if you're in New York check it out support it and uh, let's see what else we got going on we're going to get into one more song because that's going to be my time for tonight and that's going to be That's Hard which is Pete Rock featuring Sean Pete and South Pete you guys join me in a couple of more weeks and I'll let you know who the guest is follow me on Facebook it's Nadine Michelle M-I-C-H-E-L also there's Bodega Fresh Radio on Facebook you can follow me on Twitter which is Sugar9 S-U-G-A-9 same thing on Instagram follow me you guys I bring you good events and I'm always going to keep you informed talk to you in a couple of weeks yeah it's your girl Nadine Bodega Fresh Tell you that I'm loco, brother. I keep a tech and steel like the cocoa brothers. My niggas still Smith and Wesson and me. Hard headed the god bodies. Couldn't teach a lesson to me. Our kids couldn't reach me. Neither could the church boys. I was outside with a gun moving at work, boys. What up, naughty head, bullhead, beer men? Some niggas sizzling us, we can't sear men. Fried to a fricassee. And a known wicked, so I don't wear rosary or thicker beads. No crosses, no Bible or Quran. Just survival on my mind with a gun up in my palm. All spiritual, nigga, I'm all lyrical. Dying, come back, I'm the ghost of all miracles. I told them I could stare Medusa. They think I'm high, but I'm really trying to stay in the future and shoot you. take that shit out on and now the DA wanna chase, cause the way I beat the case was a slap in the face. And now we looking like an asshole, hotter than Tabasco, trying to stop the cash flow. But I'm cooler than the other side of the pillow. He wanna give me years that end with a zero. And it's a trap trying to get rich. You got rats and all types of bullshit. The connect slow, or the money short, or they wanna play for the shit they brought. Better stop buying in the rations. Multiply the divide in the fractions. Got opportunities to go global. Heard it click and switch the chip in the mobile. Shake the fans off my coattails. Tell a little homie who to see for a remote sale. Stop like this, dude, I never miss. Listen. A lot of whack niggas rapping now and I know why One cardboard pop, so the rest wanna go try All praises due to a law, no bow tie Whole family stay stoned, I'm so sly Cry now, cry later, no laughing Cocaine hills in the crib, so Aspen No acting, Bo-King Woodbine Blow caps back and your whole damn team die Slate master, I sell white girl I don't eat hair, motherfucker, I might Earl Sean Price, I got the murder flow Rap president, rule the world, Curtis Blow Curtis Blow, fuck about nobody, I hold shotties Upstate New York is where I throw bodies Sean Grimey, nigga, rape you, make you sing it again Ron Osley, nigga, now that's hard Fuck out of here yeah. I remember when the bars was hard Now rap cats play guitar singing songs for broads Video fixing, follow the stars Say she wanna be a Barbie doll, Nicki Minaj What's happening now? No even the Raws When you hear that clap of sound, won't be no applause I don't be with bodyguards, but my body is gone 
Body everybody that's in the squad The bottom line is my signature Your miniature, your caricature I don't listen to y'all, rather listen to Sean Pete told me fuck rap and get the missiles and bombs Don't get involved with niggas riffing his songs I don't battle rap, I rat a tat in middle of war Stripes and bars cover the scars General Stonewall, chrome fall, cover the palm And that's hard Classic flow. Good old New York rap. Sean Price, the best rapper. Smith the West ain't got classic flow. Good old New York rap. Sean Price, the best rapper. Smith the West ain't got classic flow. Good old New York rap. Sean Price, the best rapper. Smith the West ain't got classic flow. Good old New York rap. Sean Price, the best rapper. Thanks. <laughs>